and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks, welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show. It's Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen and I'm Simon Hazeldean here for another episode. And this week we are talking about selling as a team sport. And Phil, you are taking the lead on this, sir. I am indeed, and thank you for that. Over to you. Yes, I'd like to start with just setting the scene. Let's imagine that as a typical sales body... You have a number of customers, of course, and many of those you would be using the phrase, my customer. But I'd like to suggest to our listeners that some of those customers, the phrase, our customer, might be more appropriate than my customer. Probably the key account end of the customer base, probably that small number of strategic relationships where if you lost one or two of those, uh, you'd be in serious trouble. So, uh, what does um, selling as a team sport actually mean? Uh, as far as I can, uh, I'm concerned, I think it means mobilising and creating uh, the right team around you to win and retain the business. So, a couple of ideas I'd like to put on the table. Uh, we all know that if a sales executive says to their boss, can you come with me? On a joint visit next week, the sales director will say, have you seen my diary? You must be joking. So maybe what we need as action point number one uh, is a team diary where every single month, as you look at the diary, you know that there are members of the team, your colleagues who are involved on a twice a month basis to go on a joint visit with you. So if, for example, Simon, Um, I know that you are a specialist in the printing world and I'm now doing a call in the printing world. If I've got any sense, I will say to myself, right, well, maybe on the second visit when I get to proposal stage, I really ought to be wheeling Simon into that call. But I know, looking at the diary, that you are available and I've known that for months. So I can safely say to the customer, I think I need to come back on the 16th and introduce you to a colleague of mine. Not only should that diary contain a couple of days a month where the colleagues are available for each other, but the sales director should be in that diary, I would suggest. Uh, One of the clients I worked with, the sales director quite happily signed up to two days a month on that team diary. He said, I also work in the real world, and I'm telling you now, if one of those dates has to go, I will promise you I will be there for the second date. And I thought that was a very good way of allowing for the real world. So the sales team did at least get the sales director out in the field for one day a month. In that same organisation, the chief executive, incidentally, committed to two days a month out in the field, back to the back in his case. On day one, very often involved in uh, going to meet existing customers, doing the Prince Charles royal visit bit, And on day two, 
going out on joint visits with members of the sales team. So in terms of members of your team here, obviously we've got the, the key account manager or the salesperson who's responsible. We've talked about their immediate boss, the line manager, the sales director, for example, the CEO. And then you mentioned other colleagues. Examples of colleagues, job titles, for example, that the people listening might want to consider having uh, well, on there, their team? There might be a, a product specialist that they need to wheel in. There might need to be a customer service colleague who will be handling the customer on an ongoing basis. If there are regular and difficult um, invoicing uh, type uh, arrangements, then you wouldn't be wrong to take a, a colleague from the uh, the finance team. But it's the it's the right person for that yes. particular uh, situation. But they could come from any part of the organisation if they are going to be involved in either winning or keeping the customer. So I'm just imagining the people listening to this and having been in a situation myself of being a sort of a key account manager, bringing a, non, a non-commercial person, like a logistics guy, into a commercial meeting. Aren't there some dangers that they might say or do something stupid if I was to be judgmental <laughs> yes. you know they, they, they say something that the, the customer takes advantage of I think that's a separate recording isn't it but <laughs> yes I know where you're going with that I think it's down to uh, effective briefing yeah of the colleague uh, that's important um, but I've also seen many situations where the production director or production manager might now be on the joint visit and guess what the customer says to the two of them, the sales executive and the production director, oh, by the way, whilst you're here, uh, your delivery times have deteriorated. And the production director hears that live in the meeting. So I'm a great believer in getting people closer to the sharp end where the customer's voice is actually happening at that time. And without too much then needing to be said in the car on the way back from the call, you can guarantee that the production director has felt the accountability of the customer saying, oh, by the way, your delivery times have slipped, what the hell's going on? Whereas if the sales executive reports that back to the production director, guess what? A little bit of friction or even worse, tribal warfare will set in uh, as one part of the organisation starts to battle the other. Yeah. This is all nice in theory, you see, but you're talking about this... Um, lovely forward-thinking, open CEO who puts two days in his or her diary to uh, meet with people, whereas I meet CEOs who go, sales, that's up to the sales team, not me, that's not my job. And I meet production people who go, sales, that's nothing to do with me, that's the sales team. They get the sales in, we produce the products. Nothing to do with us. How do you overcome those internal attitudes? Uh, Well, you're back uh, to the very title of this clip. It is a team sport. Um, One of the uh, ways I think of um, uh, reinforcing that, uh, educating people on it, is that uh, when the sales executive has to sit down and plan with 2017 in mind uh, what the objectives are for that particular customer, having formulated that in their mind, uh, they need to share that with the team. So why not, as a sales executive, call a meeting where you invite in to that meeting the three or four people who are needed to actually deliver to the customer all of the bits and pieces. And the chief executive may well be one of those people. So just by 
getting people into that meeting environment, they will, of course, then start to contribute to it. They realise why they're there. Uh, and they also, nine times out of ten, are coming up with the ideas that the sales executive has not even thought of. Yeah, I've, So you yep. start, the sales executive, I think, quite rightly starts to realise that they are not the deliverer of 100% of the value. They are really the facilitator of the value. They are the person, they are the front line of the team's will. Mm. They are implementing the team's will. So it is a slow process, but organisations that get it right can be spectacularly successful. I would certainly endorse your comment about having different people involved, for example, in doing the account planning for the customer. So at one stage in my career, I transferred over from one division in a company to another, and my new boss said to me, well, now you're in this division, you'll be needing to come in twice a month to do business reviews and forecasts. And it was, you know, everybody had to come into head office to do it. And he said, and let me make it clear, every time you come in, I want you to go and see the order management team they make sure the product turns up. Go and see the forecasting manager. She makes sure there'll be enough product. And go and see credit control because they make sure you get paid. And I must have been reading some book on time management at the time. And I said something like, well, what if I have nothing specific to have a meeting with them about? So his response was, I didn't say have a meeting. I said, go and see them. And he's saying, they are critical to your success. <laughs> Build a relationship. And we would then invite those people into the strategic account planning sessions. Yep. And I can remember the, the order clerk, you know, the, the person right down the bottom of the hierarchy coming up with an amazingly clever idea. It's always the way. And because they were so close to the action, they saw things that I, in my lofty role as key account manager, didn't, didn't see. There, there's another very good reason, I think, why at the key account end of the spectrum it should be a team sport. And as we all know, when uh, an account executive leaves the company or is fired, maybe, uh, that can be a crucial stage in the relationship with that customer. If that account executive is the only person mm -hmm. that is known to that customer, then we are into a very vulnerable yeah. three to six months. If the whole business has been sold from day one on the basis that this is a team solution and during the life of your time as a customer with us, you will come across these four people and those four people's roles are explained, they're in contact on email, they're in contact on the telephone, the customer sees them once or twice a year. Then of course, uh, the departure of the account manager is not actually an issue the account manager never did own the relationship. The team owned it. Yeah. So the baton change is a very smooth one. Customer knows that, isn't at all worried about the departure of the account manager because uh, the customer will know that the team know exactly what the customer's needs and expectations, hopes and aspirations are. But that comes back to leadership and what the people at the top are really saying about how they perceive the business and their customers. Whereas if your leadership is saying, you know, I employ a sales team to do this, get on and do it. They're not providing that kind of team feel. And you yeah. go into businesses where there isn't. There's always this us and them, uh, everything into silos, and you end up with exactly the problem you're describing. Mm. But the salesperson here is not, it's not their relationship. They're a caretaker of the relationship yes. until, well put. because most salespeople 
are in jobs for relatively short amounts of time. They move on to another company or another role within the same company. And consequently, they're only looking after that account for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. So they're only a caretaker of that relationship. Mm. The relationship is with the company. Yes. But that message needs to come from the top, and it frequently doesn't. It, so it, it needs to come from the top. I think you're right. Yeah. But um, bearing in mind most pieces of business are one at some stage with a proposal or a presentation, I would suggest to our listeners that that proposal or presentation should feature a diagram or a slide or a photograph of the team. Yeah. That will be managing, servicing and supporting that customer's business. It's sold on day one as a team solution. I think as, as for the sales directors and some of the senior people listening, um, sometimes customers are very unhappy when their salesperson changes, when their account manager changes because they've got to know them. If you have more connection points, they'll be less uncomfortable. It's only one change amongst a lot of continuity where if you've got a lone hero salesperson and they go, obviously the customer can be very uncomfortable. They've now lost this connection that they that they had. So I think there's a there's a yeah. customer continuity thing. Yeah, I'd I also would... say in terms of convincing convincing um, C level, CEOs, MDs uh, the American speaker Harvey McKay said, to me, job titles don't matter. Everyone is in sales. It's the only way we stay in business. Mm. And I think maybe the CEOs that Graham is mentioning might need remem- reminding of that fact sometimes yeah, that they're, yeah. they're in sales as much as anybody else. And reminding salespeople that everyone's in marketing. But I was with a company recently, a software company, who wanted to try and engage their customers with their website more. And I said, so why don't you build web pages, section to your website for each specific client? And they said, well, what would we put on there? And I said, well, you'd put the team that they deal with. And I said, you'd not just put a diagram, you'd put pictures, you'd put videos from the team. And they said, well, why would we do that? And I said, because your client wants to engage with the people that they are going to be facing. So if they're ringing up for software support... They want to know who they're ringing up. Yes. And whilst it's a name on the end of the phone, a quick video from them on their page saying, hello, I'm John, I'm your software support guy, will be fine. The fact that the same video might be on another customer's page is irrelevant because they don't look at the other customer's page, but yeah. that web page yeah. really engages that customer because it's for them. It's about the relationship between all the people in that business and them. And so that company started to build these yeah. different sections of its website aimed at specific clients. And just coming back on Graham's earlier point about this is a, a, a leadership issue. It's not just a thing for the sales executive. Uh, I think um, uh, Graham is absolutely right on that. And, of course, there is a very important role for the chief executive here with his or her sales hat on, and that is to go and have a strategic dialogue once or twice a year with his or her opposite number at the sea level, as you rightly say. So if the sales executive is bogged down at what you might call a day-to-day operational level and has been blocked from going upstairs to the boardroom, the chief executive, if he or she is part of the sales team, so to speak, not a problem because they just phone up or get their PA to phone up uh, and the PA says, my boss needs to see your boss. Uh, And the meeting goes in the diary and there you have two chief executives chatting away over coffee and biscuits uh, and the sales executive, quite rightly, should be smiling, having made that happen. Yeah. The sales executive has deployed the big guns 
to go and sort out that particular issue. I suggested that to um, um, a key account manager uh, workshop I was doing in Germany last year and he looked after quite a large customer and there were some, some access points that he particularly wanted to have and he was finding it quite difficult to, to, to penetrate and I said well why don't you ask your MD to go and it, it, it was by the look on his face a total shock and surprise to him that, that that would be possible. I said well this is one of your key accounts what makes you think your MD wouldn't yeah, want to want it. to come <laughs> then he said well I've, I've i've never thought about it before i said okay well well think about it then and he went, <laughs> he went okay so so shall i ask him then and i said well why do you ask him because i think he'll say yes knowing i knew the md yeah. and i was very but it was just completely off his radar that mm. he, he thought he had to deal with everything himself and, and uh, guess what the chief executive would love to get out of the field and absolutely. shake hands with customers which uh, he or she probably hasn't done for years, because yeah. they are stuck behind the computer, uh, they're wading through the 94 emails before breakfast, uh, and so it goes on. <laughs> Perhaps I could uh, finish this clip, uh, gentlemen, with uh, three sound bites on oh, this sound issue. Bites. And if you can think of a better one, uh, then we'll stick that one in. So here comes sound bite number one. Did you know, Graham, that individuals are imperfect, but teams can be perfect? Simon, did you know that teamwork makes the dream work? Oh, very snazzy. Thank you. And my final one, team, T-E-A-M. Do you know what that stands for? Clearly you don't from the look on your faces. Together, everyone achieves more. You've stolen my punchline. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, I've stolen Phil's punchline. I'm I'm now in the doghouse and I'm being... It's not a problem. (laughs) I'm being glared at by Mr. Jessen, so I think this is a time for us a sales chat show to, to wish you good luck and good selling. I've already to, gone. <laughs> for me to grovelly apologise. I thought you were part of our team. <laughs> the teamwork of the sales chat show is going down the drain in front of you, ladies and gentlemen. This is Simon Hazeldean, Graham Jones and Phil Jessen, desperately in need of a team-building exercise for the saleschatshow.com. Thank you for listening. have been listening to an episode of the sales chat show to stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success please visit saleschatshow.com thank you very much for listening to this episode and from everyone here at the sales chat show we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling (laughs) 